In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Bo Warmbold. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Yes, you are listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast, and you know what? You're welcome. We'll just start off that way. You're welcome. Well, with me tonight, uh, you know what? Tonight, this is episode number 57 of the 30-something Movie Podcast, and oh. tonight, uh, I, we're, we're getting up there. I think we're, we're almost up to uh, like senior coffee at McDonald's status. That's outstanding. I don't know we're what that pro- is. We're approaching the point where this podcast could retire in the state of Illinois. Hey, that's, God, that's sad and sad that we're looking forward to that, and we're not even halfway there. Yeah. But- we, we can't retire. But no, we can't close, retire. This podcast could. Podcast. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, welcome to number welcome to episode number 57 of the 30-something movie podcast. Come aboard with us on our Trimaxian drone ship as we explore time and space as we talk about Flight of the Navigator this time around. A very quick warning, we do spoil the events of all the movies we talk about, so if you haven't seen it yet, go watch the movie first. Um, If you don't care about being spoiled, stick around. We might give you some reasons why you should go watch it or save you a little bit of time by telling you whether or not we thought it was good. Um, Real quick, since we're saving you time, and that's a service that we provide, and we're happy to do that, um, among many other services, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Would you head over right now, don't make those faces, Jeff. Sorry. We're going to do whatever we can to get as many listeners as we can. Right, Pat? Right, Pat? Darn tootin', you let me know, man. There you go. See, I like your enthusiasm. I'll jump into action. There you go. I'm making you the new treasurer of this podcast. (laughs) Podcast that makes no money whatsoever, but I'm making you the treasurer, so there you go. That's the way to do it. So, uh, speaking of doing somebody a favor, would you head over right now to iTunes and leave us a review? Um quick review take 30 seconds of your time um you know we just again we we've said this every time we do this because we love movies but we also want to hear uh what it is that you're enjoying about the show and if there's something that you're not enjoying or something that you would like us to maybe try in a different way or if you've got movies to suggest you know we've i think a couple times we've mentioned some of the movies we're doing this year and if you're sitting there going but wait a minute there's this really awesome movie that i have not heard you guys talk about we would love to hear from you. So we're going to put our contact information at the end of the episode. Um, but in the meantime, and you can multitask unless you're driving, go on over to iTunes and leave us a review there. And we will be ever so grateful. Pretty, pretty please. Do it now. Go. Okay. That should be enough time. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host. I've got Mr. Patrick Canagallo. Welcome. Hey, hey. I have uh, Mr. Jeff the Man Mazuka. Hi. And I've got Bo, warm. I, I was going to try to do something with warm, but warm and cuddly? No, oh, there you go. Warm and cuddly, warm bold. Hi. I don't know. That just made it awkward. Yeah, dude. But... Okay. All right. Well, forget the warm and cuddly thing. Um, <laughs> Bo. I'm uncomfortable. Man of steel. Well, Bo can make you comfortable because he's warm and cuddly. No. Oh, God, no. Don't be uncomfortable. 
there is a reason why we don't necessarily do these shows in person anymore. It's, this is true. It's restraining orders. Um, all right. So before we get going with Flight of the Navigator, there's been a couple things, you know, a, little, a few little things have uh, popped up recently in terms of movie news. Uh, Jeff, I think you texted me the other day about this new trailer that came out. Did I? That, that maybe there was a little bit of excitement about. Should I go ahead and should I go ahead and play the audio? It's the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh yeah, oh, there yes. we go. Let's let's play the audio for the trailer, and then after the audio, we'll come back and we'll we'll talk a little bit about this. It's okay. She seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. Ah! That stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. Aaron, no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. I'm joining the club. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York. And I can borrow a car from my uncle. Uh, you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac! Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh did you want to? Sorry. sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. Okay. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. And we might be the only ones who can stop it. Holtzman, come on. The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? There's a bigger picture at hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. So how are we, how are we feeling about the new Ghostbusters? It's gonna be interesting. I'm definitely gonna want to see it, but I'm trying to temper my expectations. Okay. I think that's a good way to put it. I I I kind of want to see it. I feel like the trailer didn't introduce anything new that we didn't see 30 years ago, except better special effects. Okay. Well, right. I mean the. There's still a problem with the fridge. When it's all said and done, there's still a problem with the fridge. What is it about ghosts and fridges? I don't understand. I, uh, you know what? I've, I've seen some of those uh, actresses in, in movies, and they make me laugh. I, I, I don't know their names. I don't know them enough, but I know, like, words, was it the one of them in, like, Bridesmaids? And anyways. Kristen Wiig, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they crack me up. It looks like it looks like there's going to be a lot of funny stuff in this one. Um 
it looks like. I mean, unless it's one of the you fall into the trap of all the funny stuff is in the preview, which you know sometimes you run that risk. But it looks like there's a lot of uh, uh, potential for them working together. You know, the four of them are funny, so there's there should be plenty of material to work with. Um, I, I got to be honest. I think the special effects, which I mean, take it or leave it. I, I thought the special effects were wow. The ghosts look pretty cool in those. Wow, that looks pretty. That looks pretty neat. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I I definitely give it a definitely give it a shot. I hear what everyone's saying about you know tempering your enthusiasm because I think, you know sometimes it's easy to let movies get built up so much and you know they inevitably let you down. But uh, yeah, I, I I definitely want to see it because it looks uh, that trailer that trailer looked like it had some pretty good stuff in it. Yeah, almost immediately after it came out, I started seeing a whole bunch of stories and, and somebody had taken it and re-edited the trailer. They called it a fan edit trailer. And they redid the trailer and they cut out, um, you know, some of the other scenes with the jokes that were, you know, recalling the same jokes from the 1984 movie. And um, but then I started seeing all these articles that are like, you need to see this fan edit trailer because it 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 saves the new Ghostbusters movie trailer. You know, the movie trailer was so horrible and this one saves it. I'm sitting there going, you know what? I laughed at the first one. Yeah. I I mean, I know. I'm taking this movie for what it is. It's a remake of Ghostbusters. And yeah. Ghostbusters is this great classic movie, but it's also kind of a goofy comedy movie too. And I, I, my life is not going to be ruined if this movie turns out to not be so good. And, I, you know, I, I didn't go, like you guys have said, I didn't go to this watching even this trailer with high expectations. Mm-hmm. But there were so many people. The one argument that I kept seeing when I would go read these articles, and I'd look in the rev- in the uh, comments that people let, I know you should never look in the comments on the internet, but I looked in the comments, and <clears throat> it's kind of like crossing the streams and you know looking at mm-hmm. um, what was it you weren't supposed to look at? Um, was it well, a never-ending story? Never-ending story, never ending story you weren't supposed to. Well, don't eat after midnight, yeah. Um, but I looked in the comments, and these people just kept going on and on about, well, in the scene where she, where her head twists around like 180 degrees or 360 degrees, that just is not realistic, and that really bothers me. I'm like, it's a movie about ghosts. Right. We're really, really it, uh, hyper real here. Right. It's like, well, the well, the thing, if it if it possessed her, it still needs to obey the laws of physics, and and it can't twist her head around without killing her. So maybe she dies, and in the next movie, she shows up as a ghost. This is the this is the same thing when people start trying to criticize the science of Star Wars or something like that. Yeah. I'm like uh, friends, there are people that use what's called the Force. They're magical space wizards. It it doesn't need to be, obey the laws of physics. It'll be okay. Yeah. But when that's people's biggest criticism, I'm like, you know what? I I'm just gonna when the movie comes out, I'll go see it and I'm gonna have fun. Right. And I if the movie's bad, so be it. Then it's bad. Then fine. I'll leave the theater. I'll go home and I'll watch the 1984 Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know, you guys remember. You guys, and even if it's good, you might do that. Well, I probably do that anyway. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say, you guys, you know, whenever I hear those people, you know, well, how, you know, they start questioning things. I'm reminded of Search for Spock. Remember in Search for Spock when the battle, the bird of prey and the Enterprise shot each other up, and they were sitting mm-hmm. there, and Commander Krug said he's hiding something. And the guy said, well, how do you know? They outnumber us. How can you tell? And he just says, I trust my instincts. That's how I feel. You know yeah. what? When I look at the trailer, I think it's going to be a good movie. I might yeah. be wrong. I might be right. I don't know. But I'm going to trust my instincts. It made me laugh. That's, yeah. uh, that's what I'm going on. That's fine. There that's, you go. that's all it needs to be. 
I just don't have a spaceship that can, you know, shoot torpedoes. But if I did, that would be cool. But I don't. There's there's a reason we haven't given you one yet. But mm-hmm. while I trust my instincts. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. Well, has there been anything else that's come out lately, movie wise? Um, so I've got I've got two things. Yeah, that I go for to it. Bring up first one. Uh, I think announced today, J.K. Simmons is going to be playing Commissioner Gordon in the Justice League movies. I I saw that mm. like 15 minutes before we started. I saw that. I think that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Who's Who's J.K. Simmons? He played J. Jonah Jameson, the newspaper editor in the Spider-Man movies. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. He played he played the uh, band director in. He's the. Um, oh, that was insurance guy. Okay, yeah, the Whiplash. Yeah, okay, I got yeah, it. Yeah, the band director from Whiplash. He's going to be Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Was... The other the other news that I came across that was disappointing is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is dropping out of the Sandman project that he was working on. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. I was really looking forward to it because he seemed to have the right idea and and just the right concept to turn it into a movie. And because, I guess, uh, Warner Brothers... So Warner Brothers owns DC. Right, unfortunately. But they, but they sold off the Vertigo titles to New Line. Hmm. So now he's, he's had a lot of creative issues with New Line. So he finally just said, forget it. I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. And that's so weird to me because New Line, you know, when New Line first came around, they were the, that's where you went to have creative freedom. Right. They were like, yeah, "Yeah, let's try this. (laughs) Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Not Mm. no more. And that was, that was disappointing. Too bad. That was disappointing too, because I looked at that. I mean, he, he's, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a big fan of the Sandman comics. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I was looking at that and seeing, you know, like this reminded me of how much Ryan Reynolds loves Deadpool. And mm-hmm. how he lobbied for that yeah. thing for years, and I kind of I, I I had that as like the, you know that Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Sandman was the DC version of Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, and then when Deadpool did so well, I'm like, good. Now Joseph Gordon-Levitt, we can Levitt, we can move this thing forward. We can get going with it. We can see our Sandman movie, and I saw that too. I think I saw it yesterday, um, right after like just hours after somebody asked me about uh, if they should go read the Sandman comics. Like, yeah, you should go read the comics because there's a movie coming out soon, too. And I, I went into this whole thing, and now I'm a liar. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's disappointing. I was really yeah, looking forward to seeing and, that. Because uh, it was he and uh, David Goyer yeah. working yep. on it, which yeah. would have been amazing. I know. Well, thanks a lot, New Line. Yeah. Nice job, New Line. Great. Way to screw it up. Okay. Well, the next time we review one of their movies, we can we can just totally bash it. All right. I, I gotta look up and see what that's gonna be, but <laughs> I have a feeling. Was the horror movie House? Was that New Line? I'll have to look it up. I just I found a copy of that today. That's been kind of a hard one to find. I found a copy of that today. <laughs> and I just I started like scrubbing through the movie just to like remind myself real quick of what it that looks like a horrible movie. <laughs> so I can't wait to watch it and talk about it. Oh. Pat, it well, does. It doesn't well, look. Is, it doesn't look scary, yeah. Pat. It just kind of looks like. It, it looks like. Um, what does it look like? It looks like the the Muppets tried to make a horror movie. Mm. All the was... all the creatures and monsters they don't look scary or realistic at all. Are we doing this when we're doing that Poltergeist two thing? Is it yeah, that'll all... that'll be October. You got a little bit of time. Oh, it's okay. 
I can uh, if you want if you want me to I, I can come over I can come over and watch those with you. Yeah, maybe we can cuddle. Okay, that'd be fine. I mean, wouldn't be any different than any other time we've watched movies, but that's, I, yeah, that's fine. You always fall you always fall asleep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just let me sleep when this mm-hmm. comes up. Okay. We just did vacation. Those were new line. Oh, those were a new line, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. So the next time we do a new line movie, we'll just we'll bash it because they made a horrible, horrible mistake. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else, movie wise, new movie wise? I don't think there's one. That's all you got. All right. You enjoyed, I, you enjoyed Rogue Nation? I did. Yeah, I finally got a chance to see it. I did like it. It was a little bit, a little bit lengthy. Like I could have done with maybe a half hour less, but there were there were just certain points, and it was. I don't know what I would have cut out of the movie, but it reached a point where I remember I was watching the movie. The action was great. You know, fighting, the chases, the the mystery side of things, all that was great. But as I'm watching the movie, I got to a point where I had to pause it, um, maybe just to go to the bathroom. And when I paused it, it said there was 45 minutes left. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I feel like I've been watching this thing for weeks. And not that I wasn't enjoying it, but I just kind of reached a point where I was like, okay, I think we know who the bad guy is. I think we've revealed enough of this. Can we Can we just move on and get this resolved? And so I, I really enjoyed it, but I, I could have done with maybe like a half hour less. A little bit less. All right. Yeah. And I don't know where you get rid of that half hour, but, yeah, you know, in, now that I'm right in front of you and talking to you here on the screen, I'm not going to say we cut it from the mo- motorcycle chase because I, I know better than say, that. I, but I'd have to launch my computer through the wall because that, that motorcycle chase was a thing of beauty. Well, launch it through know. the ceiling. If you're going to put more holes in your ceiling, launch it through the ceiling. Exactly. I'm, I might have to do that. There you go. Do double duty. There you go. <laughs> Duty. All right, you said duty. Speaking of double duty, let's go ahead and start talking about Flight of the Navigator. Yes. Compliance. Kind of segue. <laughs> segue didn't make any sense at all. Um, all right, so Flight of the Navigator came out on July 30th, 1986. It was rated PG. The director was Randall Kleiser. Uh, he did The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, which, oddly enough, that, that TV movie came up in conversation the other day. I don't know how many times you could say that, but... Um, he also directed Grease, The Blue Lagoon, Big Top Pee Wee, and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. The producers on this one were Dimitri Villard, who did Once Bitten and In Love and War. Uh, Robert Wald, who did Once Bitten and Purgatory. Uh, Mark H. Baker uh, did the story of this one. He did another movie called Life Form, and I think that's the only other movie he did. Michael Burton did the screenplay. He did a movie called Shoot to Kill. Matt McManus also did the screenplay. This was his only movie. He didn't have anything else. Uh, music by a gentleman named Alan Silvestri, which we just talked about uh, with the Delta Force. He never did the heard ba- of that guy. never heard of him. No, he's just a he's a little like he doesn't he's a little guy. He doesn't do much. Minor um, player, mostly independent things. Yeah, little. You know, small you budget you probably hear him in commercials. Mm. But yeah, uh, well, he did the Back to the Future trilogy. He did Delta Force. He did Predator One and Two, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, The Avengers. You know, most of most of our childhood. Small franchises. You know, between him, there's like the the top five guys. It's like him, John Williams, James Horner. I pick somebody, and they've pretty much composed our entire childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie had a budget of nine million dollars and took in eighteen point six million. So cool. it didn't do remarkably well. I mean, it did okay, but it didn't do remarkably well. But people, I think, loved this movie when it came out on VHS, and that's kind of where it really took off. And and the critics have always loved it. So. Um, in this yeah. movie, starring in this movie, Joey Kramer was David Freeman. He was in Runaway and Clan of the Cave Bear. Um, most people will not, unless you 
realize that was his voice because in the credits he's credited as Paul Mall, but that was Paul Rubens who did the voice of Max. He was in if the blues. If you've ever seen anything of Pee Wee Herman and you don't pick that voice out, you're not paying attention. Right, that's true. <laughs> um, although at I will admit at first, until he went full on Pee Wee, I really didn't. I did at the like first twenty minutes of Max showing up in the movie. I, I was like, is that? And then the first time he laughed, I'm like, yeah, no, that's good. Well, and then, then you know. Right. He definitely teased it for a little while. Yeah. Um, so he was in Blues Brothers, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Blow, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Cliff DeYoung played Bill Freeman, uh, played David's dad. He was in Glory, The Craft, and a movie called Wild. Veronica Cartwright played the mother, Helen Freeman. She was in The Birds, Alien, The Right Stuff. Sarah Jessica Parker, a very young Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie, played Carolyn McAdams. She was in Footloose, Hocus Pocus, Ed Wood, and Sex in the City, both the TV show and movies. Albie Whitaker played Jeff at age eight, Jeff being the brother of David. Uh, played him at age eight. This was his only movie. Uh, Matt Adler played Jeff, the brother, at age 16. He was in Teen Wolf and did uh, voice work for the movie The Crow, as well as some others, and the movie Chronicle. Howard Hessman played Dr. Lewis Faraday from NASA. He was uh, from WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, head of the class and about Schmidt. Robert Small played a character named Troy. Uh, he was in Holy Man, Transporter 2, and a movie called New in Town. And then Raymond Forchion played Detective Banks, the policeman that tried to help David find his parents. He was in the movie Mac and Me and Point Break. The critics, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this one an 81%. The audience gave it a 75%. Um, Siskel and Ebert, I could not find an Ebert review for this one, so maybe just set this one out, but Siskel gave it three stars. He liked it. And actually, quite a few of the critics liked this one, so it was nominated for a couple of awards. I don't think it won anything, but it was nominated for the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films Best Science Fiction Film, uh, Best Performance by a Young Actor for Joey Kramer, and Best Director Randall Kleiser. It was also nominated for a Young Artist Award for Exceptional Feature Film, Family Entertainment, Drama. But again, just nominated, did not win any of those. All right, so a little bit, what's that? I just said, hmm. Just... Mm -hmm. Big thumbs up there. Yeah. Uh, so this movie, it is July 4th, 1978, and David Freeman has to go pick up his annoying little brother from a friend's house so he and his family can go out on their boat and enjoy the fireworks. In the process, though, he slips and falls into a ravine and is knocked unconscious. He awakens to find that it is now 1986. His home is not his home. He's been declared legally dead, and his younger brother is now his older brother. Oh, and an alien spacecraft uploaded star charts into his head and needs them back in order to complete its mission and return home. So, you know, little inconsequential stuff like that. Right. So let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer for this one, and then when we come back, we will talk about Flight of the Navigator. Cool. David, what time did you enter the woods? Around 8 o'clock. Then what happened? Then I reached this cliff. It's transmitting an alpha waves with complex frequency patterns in them. I, I know I fell. It's 1986, man. Eight years since that night. This is totally rad. I mean, you're my big little brother. I think you should take a look at this. Where did this come from? the mind of a 12-year-old boy. He's hurt. He's calling 
voice keeps calling, saying something over and over and over, but I can't understand very much. Help you. So on this one, I've got a little bit of background and some other information. Uh, the ship used in the movie had been a prop visible on one of the backlot tours at Disney Hollywood Studios, formerly Disney MGM Studios. Um, this was originally supposed to be an independent film produced through the company Producers Sales Organization. Because uh, originally they took it to Disney and Disney did not want to uh, fund this movie, so they tried to do it on their own. The company actually fell apart in the middle of production, so then Disney, being the savvy people that they are, bought all of the rights for the film and paid to complete it. I'm sure they got it very, very cheap. A um, couple of other things. When the family pulls up to their house in their car, the song on the radio is You're the One That I Want from Greece. Uh, and in his room at NASA, David asks why Starsky and Hutch is not on the TV. Both of those, Greece and, and a couple of episodes, can't talk, a couple of episodes of Starsky and Hutch were directed by Randall Kleiser, the director of this movie. Uh, when Max is describing the alien animals, one of them is called a Phenestaurus from the Pixar elliptic. Uh, in five more years, Disney would partner with Pixar, and that would produce many, many beautiful things. Um, and then as early as 2009, there were some rumors of a remake. Uh, Colin Trevorrow, or Trevorrow, however you say his name, was hired to direct in 2012. Um, but as of, he's the one that directed Jurassic World, and um, he is directing Episode 9, I believe, Star Wars Episode 9. Um, as of June 2015, though, Trevorrow, or Trevorrow said that he, had not, he was not part of the project anymore, didn't know if Disney was planning to continue. Um, according to him, the story of the remake would have focused a little bit more on the relationship between the two brothers. Um, I think that's all I got. So, let me start off with, what did you guys like about this movie? Well, first of all, is this the first, is this the first time anybody has seen this one? No. Oh, no, I love this movie. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've seen it, I don't know how many times. Okay. I all saw right. it when I was a kid, and I, I bought it, I don't know, within the last five years, I came across it and bought it, and... It's 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 one of the fun movies I remember from being a kid. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's a great feel good fun movie. The you know every at least I as a kid you know, always dreamed of flying a spaceship and this kid got to so it was kind of fun to to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool and that, I just have to say that was a cool spaceship, man. I could Right. I mean I would I would totally especially when it went into like it's super pursuit mode and it stretched out mm -hmm. and 
I thought that was pretty sick back then, and I thought it was pretty cool watching it now, too. That was a level three maneuver, David. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It was a friendly version of Hal. Yeah. Yeah. Turned into kind of like semi, well, not psychotic in the way Hal was, but slightly unstable computer as well. Well, yeah, with the laughing. After mm-hmm. you downloaded all that TV, that'll rot your right. brain, they tell you. Right. I just like it when he's like, I don't know, I need time to think. Just take me 20 miles away from here. So they just go straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's good stuff, man. Or the line when and they're flying around and he says, you can do all this stuff, but can you fix the seat? Yeah. <laughs> go and flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. Like every single time he did compliance, you know, I just, I, I don't know. And that, I remember that from when I was a kid, I, I you know. I don't think I've, I don't know how long it's been since I've seen that movie, but that, you know, just those things he'd say popped right back. That was when I feel like used to run on the wonderful world world of Disney on Sunday night. Yeah. Or a couple of years they would run it or something. I think I think years ago they must have run this thing on TV. I remember seeing it on TV so many times. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because I don't remember renting a lot, but I think we watched it on TV a whole bunch of times. They must have run this thing like every six months or so. Yeah. I wonder if they played it a lot when the Disney Channel was brand new. They may I, have. I, I would remember, be surprised. I don't remember seeing this in the theater at all. Yeah, I know. But, but I remember. I definitely remember seeing it when I was a kid. So we must have maybe recorded it off of the Disney Channel and watched it at nauseum. But yeah, no. I mean, I've I've always enjoyed this movie. Um, so my older brother's name is David. So, ah. so that was a that was something that he and I used got a kick out of that the the brothers in the movie were David and Jeffrey. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Are you now older and more mature than your brother? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> well, don't tell him I said that. Okay. Older maybe. <clears throat> Unless he listens to the podcast, I won't tell him. Okay. Few. And I can always I cut think. that part out too if you need me to edit it. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, no, I, in fact, the funny thing is the part that I really liked about this movie was not the part that I, I like the whole space adventure, the, the ship and what the ship is able to do and kind of the craziness of Max and all that. But even from a really young age, I really, really was fascinated by movies that dealt with, um, time travel and alternate realities. Like the idea that you could see something that was just slightly off, just slightly different than what it should have been, or how, you know, something you go back in time and change something and it totally affects the way the future would have run its course. Even as even as a kid, even as a young kid, I was always fascinated by that stuff. I the Back to the Future two, I still like Back to the Future one better, but the idea that, you know, you go back in time and it changes the future, or that you could even have an alternate reality in Back to the Future two. Movies like that have just always captured my attention. And so this one in particular, where and I remember that as a kid, like being totally fascinated by the idea that he had not aged a day, and yet his entire, everyone he knew was now eight years later. Mm-hmm. So I remember just being totally captivated by that and, and wondering, look, what would that be like if, you know, what if I got picked up by an alien spaceship and, you know, came back eight years later and now all of a sudden my sister and my brother are, you know, they're older than I am and like, how weird would that be? So I almost think that my favorite piece of this movie is the first half when he hasn't even 
approach the spaceship at all. I, I still love the spaceship stuff, but I think I, and if they were to do a remake and I was excited to read that about their idea for the remake, for it to focus on the relationship of the two brothers, because once that got going, once you got him back into 1986 and he met up with his family again, um, that to me was the most interesting part was the relationship between him and his brother and how that had changed from being the, you know, older brother dealing with the annoying little eight year old brother and all that stuff. Um, the other part of that was, and I didn't pick this up as a kid, but just how dramatic that first part of the movie is when he comes back and he's, you know, he collapses on the floor in his old house. That's not his house anymore. And he's crying and he just wants his mom and his dad. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, this is a Disney movie. Yeah. Like I, I remember this as a Disney movie, but that's a, that seems intense for a Disney movie. I had forgotten a lot of that early stuff. I, I'm watching it. I'm going, okay, when does the spaceship get here? Yeah. Because I, I had forgotten a lot of that beginning stuff where he, like you said, he collapses. Some, even some of the lead up with the NASA guys, like I would forgotten more of that than I realized. Yeah. Must have yeah. just focused on the fun parts. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, there was some there was some scary stuff. I mean, even when he was walking through that forest, you know, I I, mm-hmm. and I I kept thinking like, okay, you're 12 and you're sending your 12 year old through this forest and it's like twilight, <laughs> and you know, because the parents sent him out and they had sent him out because like the eight year old was walking back by himself through that thing and I'm just like, geez, that'd that'd give me the creeps, you know. It was the 70s, man. You just let kids do whatever. Remember? Yes. I suppose. I suppose. It was a much safer time. It was. You know, back then they didn't have crime. And now, see, if Dennis was here, we could ask him because he's the only one of us that. No, I... well, no, Jeff, you were alive then. I wasn't allowed in the woods, though. Uh, well, that's true. He's still not allowed in the woods. Don't let him fool you. No. Well, it's not that I'm not allowed. I'm just too scared to go now. So I just well, avoid that, it. Fair that's, enough. that's true, too. People get killed in the woods. That's also true, and that's why I stay out of the woods. That's that's right. The um, I won't go anywhere. People have been killed. So insert into the woods song here. There you go. Later, I'll find one later. I'll put it in. Perfect. Yeah, but I um, but you know, I I hadn't when I put this thing on to watch it for the podcast. I don't know how long it had been since I'd seen it. I think it had been not since I was a kid, but it had been a while. And um, you know what? It, the movie didn't seem great. I mean, it's almost to be like the kid. I mean, you know, it was kind of like I started watching it and was like, oh, I can't wait for this next scene. And, oh, yeah, that's right. He's going to get freaked out when, you know, his family's not at home. But that's, you know, that's going to build up the tension. And, and it was uh, each scene really kind of flowed into the next. So it, it, I thought the movie held up and was still as much fun to watch as when I was a kid. And then the actors in this, too, like none of them – None of them, when you when you look at them, none of them are really big name actors. Um, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker obviously got way bigger. Notable she, exception, but yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, the other ones, but the other things that I've seen them in, they were great in. Like Veronica Cartwright, I, I remember her from Alien. And like, I still remember the scenes where she was freaking out in Alien. Um, but just a, a great, a great cast of, you know, all these different people that, and I, it took me forever to figure out that the guy, the doctor from NASA was, um, was, I said, Johnny from WKRP mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny fever, Johnny fever. Yeah. 
it took me forever. I'm like, where have I seen this guy before? I know I've seen him before, and I kn- it was a show I used to watch all the time on reruns, and I could not pinpoint it until I finally went to IMDb and looked it up. And I'm like, this is just a great cast of people. It's there. None of them are really big names, but it's just it's a good cast. Why wasn't the kid? Why wasn't the kid in more? Because man, I, you know, I, I mean, I don't think he would necessarily maybe be the next Robert De Niro or something, but I thought he did a really good job with not only you know, the silly thing and the being the teasing the brother and all that, but the dramatic thing and crying and wanting his mom and dad. And then even some of the more humorous stuff where, you know, the thing was shooting straight up and his, he, you know, his face was going down and then he had mm-hmm. to kind of just the whole thing. I thought he did a really not, why wasn't he in more stuff? Yeah. He really took you for a, for the whole, the whole ride in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought he was, a. Real... Like you, you felt, you felt every bit of the emotion that he had all throughout. Yeah. So it's a good question. Why didn't he go on to do more? Yeah. Or why why didn't he at least become a little bit of a bigger name? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's because he wasn't the, what was the guy's name in ET? Elliot um, Henry Thomas, I think, was that guy's name. Mm-hmm. He's not Henry Thomas. Could be. <laughs> I, maybe it's because the you know the kid in ET did such an amazing job at being Elliot that you know maybe at that time. You've got a whole bunch of, well, it, it just says today, though. I guess it's not any different. But you've got all these movies that are out, like Goonies and E.T. and everything else with a bunch of kids in it. And maybe he just didn't stand out when you're in among that group. Yeah, it could be. So, But no, I, I, thought he did, I thought he did a great job with it. And, you know, if I look at, if I look at space movies that feature kids, stuff like E.T. and, and um, you know, Explorers and that type of stuff, I'm like, she had some really great kids. I mean, that's I think that's why we love these movies in these years so much. Is they had some really great kids movies. Oh yeah, with some really good child actors. Yeah, yeah. I was really I I thought his acting. I well, I mean, just about anybody's acting job is better than I could ever do. But I mean, I thought his acting job was pretty pretty darn good in this. I mean, it really. Jeff, you said it right. He just he took you for the the ride, the gamut of emotions. So. Now, one thing I was a little bit surprised to find was, and as I was reading some reviews online of this, and and again, I jumped into the black hole that was the comments in the uh, beneath the reviews. There were a whole bunch of people that started listing off movies that they loved. They and it was they were talking about this one because that's what the article was about. But there were a whole bunch of people that said, "Oh yeah, when I was a kid, I loved this one and I love Explorers, but I loved Explorers more." I'm like, you know what? As a kid, I also loved Explorers. I don't know if I had to pick right now. Again, the explorers, the story falls apart, you know, in the in the last third of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know which one I like better. I guess for the oh, whole I complete for the whole complete movie, I've got to go fly to the navigator. Absolutely. But I think there are there are certain bits and pieces of explorers that I still love. But I just saw so many people say, "Oh yeah, between this one and explorers, I got to take explorers." I'm like, really? That. Mm. That kind of surprises me. I disagree. Yeah. You know, because we took... Well, like you said, Explorers has moments. Yeah. But as a collective movie, Flat of the Navigator, just top to bottom, complete story, works a whole lot better than Explorers did. Yeah. 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 Now, one of the other things that I thought was a little bit strange in this one was how how much or how recognizable uh, Pee Wee was. 
as the character of Max. And I'm, I'm okay with it. And I don't think as a kid I, I maybe noticed it as much as I did as an adult. But when he really started to get going with the whole... I mean, it was basically Pee-wee inside of a alien computer. Um, right. And with, he did it right after he downloaded all the TV. So it almost felt like he was doing Pee-wee Herman. Right. But then in your head you realize Pee-wee wasn't around yet. So... Right. So, right. So... And and maybe it's just watching it later after the fact that it bothered me more. That was one of the only things about this movie that bothered me was I I didn't get a sense that it was trying to be Pee Wee Herman as related to the TV show. I right. just got a sense that like after he scanned David's head, he got a sense of a lot more childlike behavior. Mm -hmm. And for Paul Rubens, there's only one voice that will do that. And that's the voice that he uses in every movie, almost every movie he's in. Right. I, th I think that's so just what I... I've... I don't think there was supposed to be a, a peewee connection there. I think it was just unfortunate that it was the same voice. Right. And I think that's the only that's the only thing that I would have wanted to see is have it be a different voice. Um, you know, because I think of other people that have done voice work, like uh, even just thinking about um, Mark Hamill, you mm -hmm. know, all the voice work he does. There are times, yes, where I can hear a little bit of... Luke Skywalker or the Joker or somebody else in his different performances. I, I can tell it's him just because I've listened to it so much and I've watched so many things where he does voice work in it. I think that was the only thing for me. I, I was just like, this is too much. And I don't think it was trying to be Pee Wee, but I, I just wanted him to maybe try a different voice or try different mm -hmm. mannerisms or, or something. Um, and as a kid, I never picked up on that. So it wasn't, it, it's more of a hang up for adult me than it was for well, child, plus, child me. It is a very stark contrast uh, to what the voice of Max was before he scanned David's head. Right. Yeah, he definitely he definitely made a conscious choice to play that up after he downloaded all the goofy TV stuff that was obviously floating around David's head. So there was definitely a choice, and it proves that he has another voice. They just felt the silly voice maybe fit better after they downloaded the TV. Yeah. So when they've talked about doing a remake of this one, oh, what? No. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so in talking Stop. about doing a remake of this one, if they were going to do a remake, and they came Which to they you, shouldn't. and they came, uh. I understand. I I got you. If they were going to do a remake, and they came to you. And you could not choose the option of saying, leave it alone. <laughs> Don't what... let Michael Bay anywhere near it. No, no, no. We're not going to let Michael. No, 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 no. Okay. Fair enough. No. Michael Bay is a four-year-old that somehow made a robot body and, and made it look like he was an adult. So, no, we're not letting him anywhere near it. Oh, gosh. But let's say that they got a good director. And let's say that they were going to go ahead and do this. Is there anything about the story you would change? And I'll, I'll go ahead and start off by saying... I really liked the idea when, when Colin Trevorrow, the Jurassic World director, um, when he talked about what they had planned and that they kind of played up that relationship between the brothers a little bit more, yeah. I, I would be on board with that. You know, I don't know, thinking about who you'd cast in this movie, I don't know that I know enough of the child actors now to really say, yes, I would cast this person. Or, But thoughts about, about the... Your, what about your Max, though? Oh, Max? Um, who's, your who's your voice of the starship? Oh, that's a good question. Pat Cantagallo. There we ah, go. Yes! 
Because I, I think the question is, are you looking for a comedian because it was Paul Rubens and because you need that? Or are you looking for a voice because it's funny, you know, who I think could be interesting? You mentioned Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. Well, there's a lot of voice work. Um, you know how they do it nowadays. It probably would be like Kevin Hart or somebody like that. Well, Morgan well, Freeman. Mm. Perfect. Oh, you win, sir. Who did but, you say, Jeff? But is Morgan too serious? Like, Morgan like, Freeman. What, what are you looking for? I want. I could hear it. No, I, let's go for a goofy Morgan Freeman. Because you know what I'm thinking. You know who I'm thinking would be interesting. And you know what I'm thinking. Sci-fi goofy is like a Will Wheaton or somebody. Yeah. With just a, oh, what's a the, totally different take on it. What's the um, what's the actor's name that does uh, Sheldon on Big Bang Theory? Perfect. I mean, Jim Parsons. Yeah, Jim, Jim Parsons. Parsons. Do it. Let's, Look at now. Let's throw him in there. Actually, no, he's going to play the kid. Uh, well, that could be interesting. No, Jim That'd Parsons is the older brother. He'd be the older brother. That would the be younger, good. Older brother. You could do that. <laughs> That's it. There we go. I could, I could totally go for a, a goofy Morgan Freeman though. Throw him in there. I think I think Morgan Freeman could, would be really it'd be a really good fit. He yeah. could channel some of his funnier moments from mm-hmm. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Take me just I just need to think. Take me twenty miles away. I've got a better idea. There's a place I know called Zewatineo. Would you like to go there? <laughs> nope, I figured I it out. I don't even know what that is. It's okay. Samuel I've got a Jackson. I've got a friend there, Andy Dufresne. Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> did I did you not hear me say Down, compliance? <laughs> I said compliance. <laughs> of course I'm crazy. Whatever made you think I was saying? <laughs> say compl- say compliance again. Say it one more time. One more. I am well, sick of these. Electric tower. <laughs> While we're at it, why not Christopher Walken? Oh, do it. Yes. I crashed. I crashed. The electric tower. Your tower. The tower was, was there. Was in my way. And then I it wasn't. I but hit it. And now my start shots are in your head. <laughs> compliance. What's compliance? I don't know. Compliance. Well, I. Compliance I, is a weird word. Compli- ha, compliance. I don't know. Let's... This whole ship is an uncomfortable hunk of metal. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Let's just get all of them. Let's just have a whole fleet of Maxes, and and they can just have all of them play the different the different voices. Or he switches right. between voices because he's downloaded all this pop culture entertainment stuff, and exactly do it. Just you get can, all of them. You can download whoever you want. Let's do it. If we downloaded John, we might get a little Jesse Jackson. Actually. There we go. It could be like uh, what they did with a compliance. Um, it could be like what they did with the junkions that we're going to talk about in Transformers, where they just use the radio broadcast. There you go. The voice. Like the way they do the new Bumblebee in the in the new movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's that's next week. So we'll 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 get the Transformers stuff then. All right. Do we have any? So just kind of you know finish this off. We'll do our one sentence summary here in just a minute. But are there any scenes? Any quotes? that jump out at you, anything that you're like, okay, this, this is like one of my favorite lines of the whole movie, or I love this scene, or... Compliance. There you go. The whole <laughs> inferior brain, superior information yes. bit is good. 
the twisted I, sister bit is funny. Yeah. I, I think one of my favorite moments is at the end when, so David goes back in time and he's on the boat and he's, you know, hugs his mom and hugs his dad. He's like, oh, I love you guys. And he tells his brother that he loves him too. And the, the look on the, on the younger brother's face yes. when he says it, it's just like, it's so reminiscent of, of how I behaved when I was a kid. Like, I just, it cracks me up every time I see it. I do like that part. It's just, <laughs> yeah, the look on his face, like, no, no, Jeff, I love you too. What? What? <laughs> I think one of my the the line that just I think I love, and I know it's a kind of a reference back to the one of the other movies we talked about um, when he's at the gas station. And you've got Big Al, the guy at the gas station, and he's like. He just said he wanted to phone home. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that reference. That's, I like it. Yes. yes. All right. I like, scene, I like the scene where he takes off and uh, you see that, you know, he's, he's, after they go 20 miles up and then 20 miles back down, and then he says, don't we, you know, somehow he, we got to follow the land and you see the ship start to, and then the way they do the camera while he's sitting in the, while he's sitting in the ship, it yeah. starts to bend. Um, which, as a tangent, I just have to say, the special effects hold up well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I really thought they didn't try and overdo what they could do at the time, and so right. the movie looks really good. But I like that part where he takes off, and as he shoots out of the thing, it blows the top off the guard tower or whatever he shoots out of the yeah. thing. But, yeah. And, go, and, and going along, if, if I was going to change anything, uh, which I wouldn't because they shouldn't remake it, but I would just make it like a four-hour movie and have three and a half of the hours be him adventuring in the spaceship. Maybe with his brother, maybe up in space, maybe more around the world. Underneath, I mean, that ship was awesome. I thought, I just, that was the one bummer. Is it's just like, oh shoot, he's gonna, he's done now. Can't you like? Yeah. So instead of a remake, maybe they do a 30-year later sequel where yeah. Max, Max needs David to help him out again to save some star system somewhere. Yeah, I'd be down with that. That'd be cool. So da- David's revisiting this moment in his own life from 30 years ago. Yeah. And maybe he brings his brother along to help out. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right, so then the older You just version... want the brother Jeff to have more to do. Shut up, Bo. <laughs> and older David is now played by Vince Vaughn. <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate. And his brother, Will Ferrell. Oh, dear. Hey, you know what? Hollywood. I'm sure Hollywood's listening to this podcast, and they just heard me, and they're like, oh, that's a great idea. Do it. Fire it up. Yeah. Don't do listening. it, Hollywood. <laughs> Don't do it. Bad idea. It is a bad idea. Don't do that. All right. What is your, if someone, if someone came up to you and said, hey, I have been gone for the last, I don't know, uh, 31 years. And I was to, I, I don't know where I was, but I was gone for the last 31 years and I can, you know, hear weird voices in my head. And apparently I missed this movie called uh, Flight of the Navigator. Should I watch it? In one sentence, what would you tell them? Yes. Thank what you. What are you waiting for? My one sentence is just, is just yes. Yes, period. Yeah. All right. I don't, feel, I don't feel like there's anything else that needs to be explained. That was this movie... Yes. That was, that was going to be my one sentence, too. I beat you to it. Yeah, I know. 
You suck. Yeah, well. Yeah. I'll come up with something else. All right. Bo, Pat, what's your one sentence? My sentence is uh, I agree with my illustrious co host. (laughs) (laughs) Illustrious. That's right. That's not just lustrious. Illustrious. Illustrious. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's more than lustrious. Like infamous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Bo, what do you got? I think it's a great movie. I think everyone should see it. I think uh, I think kids should see it. I think it's a feel-good kind of movie that I think the whole family can get around. There's only one bad word in it, and as long as you know when it's coming, you can always uh, duck out somehow. Yep. All right. I my one sentence has to just go along with everybody else's. So yes, go see it. Go see it now. Um, yes, great movie for kids. My other, if I was going to add on to my one sentence, I want that little animal creature that he had as his pet at the end. And, it, and his oh, backpack, how about right? it? Yeah. yeah. I always, I, when I saw that as a kid, I'm like, I want one of those. And it was grooving to the Beach Boys. That's I what know. I so clearly like, it's... Yeah, it was like doing this dance with the thing. Yeah, it was cool. Clearly there's intelligent life out there. So... All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Flight of the Navigator. Um, we are, you know what? As I'm, as I'm closing us out here, since you mentioned Beach Boys, let's uh, let's let's pull up some. I get around because I think that's good closing music. There we go. There it is. Okay, so that'll be our closing music this time. All right, you've been listening to the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. How can you get in touch with us if we are, you know, if we're around and not on the beach somewhere, or if we're twenty miles up in the air, uh, or on our way to Phelan? Is it Phelan or Phylon? Yeah, Phelan. Phelan. Uh, you could tweet us at Thirty Podcast. Jeff, have you been tweeted lately? There we go. Um, you could tweet us at Thirty Podcast. That's at Three Zero Podcast. You could email us Three Zero Podcast at gmail.com. You could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. Uh, a lot of times when we hear anything about new movie news or something like that, we'll put it up on the Facebook page. We might tweet it out as well. Uh, you could give us a call, 872-35-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. You can listen and, listen and sponsor us, uh, the30podcast.podbean.com. Click on the Be My Patron link to donate to the show, as we've said. We do this because we love movies, but there is a little bit of a cost to hosting the show, so if you feel like you've been led or you have voices in your head telling you to help you get to Phelan and donate to the 30-something movie podcast, then you should listen to those voices and go to our page and click on the Be My Patron link. If there's other voices, don't listen to those because they're probably not good voices. Uh, you can listen to us through Stitcher Radio, the Satchel Podcast app, Google Play Podcast, which is coming soon still. I don't know how many months you have to go until it's not considered coming soon anymore. Uh, and obviously by subscribing to us in the iTunes store, which again, please go and give us a review there. Uh, five stars, and let's see, this time, uh, give us a five-star review, and your review should say this verbatim. Compliance. Compliance. That's it, compliance, period. Compliance. That's it, that's all it needs to say. All right, next time around, we're going to be traveling to Cybertron. Forget Phalon, we're going to be traveling to Cybertron in order to save the planet from the evil world-eater Galactus. I mean, Unicron. Which, if you think about it, is just a misspelling of unicorn, so that's maybe why he's so angry. So, uh, join us that's next... That's why. It makes perfect sense it, If you think about it, it explains... I mean, think about it. If your mom and dad named you Unicorn... Come on. You would be angry and you'd eat planets, too, right? 
<laughs> okay. So join us next time, next Wednesday, for another thrilling episode of the 30-something movie podcast. We'll see you then. I love you. Bye. Bye, all. We love all of you. Compliance. 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 Well, excuse me. Compliance.